You can have your seat. You can have your seat if you're watching online and you just happen to stand to your feet because there was something about being able to express your praise, to give God honor and glory, and to sing to him. Now listen, there's no magic formula. There's nothing that, because we're not trying to manipulate a moment or create a meme that we tell people to just keep singing. I saw you over there. It's not something that we just do so that people can have something that, that necessarily produces a, uh, an emotion or a feeling, but rather that we would call our attention to the reality or that our faith would allow us to step into something or by faith we would believe something, I should say, that is truth. Because the ultimate reality is that today, right in this very moment, the, the ultimate reality is that Jesus Christ is sitting on his throne ruling and reigning and he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. That he is the one who allows us to, when we face our struggles, when we go through our situations, he is the one who gets us, pushes us, pulls us, drags us through to the other side. Because God will not abandon you in your struggle when you place your faith in him. He will not allow you to be in something that he will not bring you out of, whether it's on this side or in eternity. Hey, I'm not, I'm not preaching to you today about a temporal kind of getting through. I'm not going to get to Psalm 100 in a moment and, and, and cause you to think that this is something that can just be, um, uh, that, that can be part-time here on earth but rather that it would be full-time in eternity where we are worshiping him forever. Although it has implications for where we are today. That's the way the Bible is, right? That, that's so good. Man, that's so good for me to see that when I read the scripture, I'm not trying to fit God into my life, but rather I'm trying to fit my life into his. And sometimes when we read, uh, some of y'all didn't get that right there. Uh, sometimes when we read the Bible, we think that we're trying to, uh, God, just get me through uh, in this moment. But God's trying to get us over so that we can see the eternal perspective. I'm talking this morning about the eternal perspective that we need to have in our lives at all times. At all times. And Psalm 100 would lead us into an understanding of what it is means to worship him. Here's the thesis for today, or here's the overarching idea that I hope you will grab a hold of. Let me just say it for you, and then let me break it down the best that I know how. I, I, I've taught this before, actually standing on this platform, but it's been something Brett Plowler and I were talking last night. He came over and we were just kind of discussing. I had like multiple messages that I was trying to figure out, which one do I give to the people of North Greenville today? And this is the one because it's been working in my life. The, the overarching idea, here it is, the solution to your stress is the realignment of your worship. Let, let, me, let me say it again. The solution to your stress is the realignment of your worship. Now, now why would I stand here today and, and share this message? Can I, can I tell you why? Because I think we got a lot of stressed out people sitting in this room. 
Can I tell you why? Because I think we've got a lot of stressed out people. Which camera do I? Is this the camera that I looked at? Yeah, this is the camera. Camera number two or whatever. Can I, can I tell you as you're watching online, if you're stressed today, hey, shout out to all the student teachers that I'm telling you right now. If you've been dealing with kids all day in the classroom, you got some stress in your life. And all the people said amen to that. You got some stress in your life. The solution to your stress is not to figure out how you can better manage your classroom. The solution to your stress is to figure out how you can worship Jesus Christ more. Hey, we got some stressed out people watching, tuning in online. We got some stressed out people that are sitting in this auditorium. We got some stressed out people, or rather, should I say, person that is standing right here today. Because, man, I, I, I got some stuff in my life. I got some things going on. I got some pressures coming at me that I just can't seem to manage. I, I got situations that, that I can't figure out. And I've been running around, found myself uh, over Christmas break, running around trying to figure some things, trying to, to oh, how do, I, how do I make this work? And how do I fit this in my schedule? And how do I make sure that this is stated properly? How do I write this protocol in the perfect way. How do I, I've got all of these things that are happening in my life that I was just trying to figure out and I was stressed. Can I tell you I was stressed? But I had to pause for a moment and say, man, God, where are you? And the response came back, no, 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 where are you? It's not that God's been far away. It's just I've let all this stuff get in the way for me seeing him for who he is. I'm talking about, I know y'all haven't got there yet, but you're going to get there, so go ahead and write this down in your notes if you want to. I'm talking about papers. I'm talking about tests. I'm talking about it's early on in the semester, so maybe it hasn't happened yet, but I'm talking about that breakup that you might experience in your life. See you in that fun part right now, like, oh, we just got back. What up, girl? But it might be like, man, where'd she go <laughs> later on? And, and there's some stress that happens. There's some stuff that happens. There's some, some of you just got back from being at home. And the most stressful times for you are when you're in your room alone. Because although you're surrounded by people who ought to care for you deeply and ought to watch out for you the most, you feel isolated and maybe even here on this campus. You come back thinking, oh, I'm back in my community, but right now you feel alone and you're stressed. Stressed. But the good news is that it doesn't have to be that way. Do, do, do you recognize today that you don't have to stay in that position? Let me walk around so I can see you around this pole sitting right here. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to stay in that space. Because the solution to your stress is the realignment of your worship. In other words, when you stop focusing on what's in front of you and you lift your eyes to God, you see him for who he is, then the stress of your life, it doesn't go away. It, it doesn't, it's not eliminated, but you can have a perspective in the middle of it that gets you through it. Psalm 100 calls us to focus ourselves 
away from internally and cause us to look toward God and our ultimate position that is found in Christ. Let me, let me, for sake of time today, let me skip down to verse number four and five. I, I want to I, I wanna preach the whole thing, but because of time, I want to limit my uh, focus into verses four and five. It says, Hannah read it earlier. Thank you so much, Hannah Stobbs. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And as the people, as the writer is explaining or describing, he's, he, he's calling to mind the people's um, direct route into the temple of God, the very dwelling place of God in the Old Testament and the temple. That, that that would be a place where they would enter into. And as they're moving toward the temple, they would sing this song together. We used to sing it back when I was a student here. We'd say, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. And then the choir would say, ooh, with praise, let's enter, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. And we, we'd sing that, let's magnify the Lord, bless his holy name, worship and adore. Every tongue proclaim, oh, let's magnify the Lord. Bless his holy name. And, and we would sing that. And, and it was like in my mind, I had this idea that, that we were literally walking into. And I know that it is so for some of us, we, we got to use our holy imagination to, to just imagine. But on the other hand, I may not physically be walking into the temple of God, into his presence. But in my spirit, I am walking into the very presence of God. Do you know that you can walk into the presence of God? Not just, hey, I'm walking up in here but in a holy, reverent way, you can be in the presence of God right where you're seated right now, right by yourself, socially distanced and everything. You can be seated in the presence of God. You can stand in the presence of God. You can get in your car and drive and be in the presence of God. You can be in a classroom in the presence of God. You can be anywhere you want in the presence of God because the Holy Spirit of God invades our hearts and our lives and allows us to experience him in the same way that the people of God did back in Psalm 100. So we today can experience the very presence of God. And that's good news and I'm talking as fast as I can and I'm all out of breath because I want you to see that you can get in the presence of God. You don't have to wait. You don't have to have a song playing in the background. You can be in the presence of God. Amen. Preach that one time for me. Come on. It is the presence of God that allows you. It allows you to see him and to experience what's needed in your life to get you through, to get you through. In a very real way, this song was sung to prepare the people of God. It was written, and as we read it, to prepare us to meet with him. It was a way of focusing attention away from the stress of your day-to-day -day life and to cause you to look upward toward the one true God, the God who spoke and the world was created, the God who had delivered the people from the hands of their enemies, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
the God who allowed the people to walk straight through the Red Sea on dry ground, the God who was always faithful even when the people were unfaithful because he's a covenant-keeping God. And that might be the case for you today. That might be where you're at. Because you're so stressed, you've allowed things into your life or you've stepped in some, to some things in your life to try and get you out of your stress, but it's only pushed you even further into it. Oh, y'all, y'all act like, y'all looking like, not me, me? I don't, I don't, let's just, let's just be real in here. Because sometimes the things I'm talking about aren't going to the clubs on Thursday night for Thirsty Thursday. Oh, y'all don't know? Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's not what you scroll to that's in an inappropriate way that you look at. Sometimes it's just something to dull the pain. The prescription not of a drug with a bottle, although that may be your addiction. Sometimes it's the prescription of being addicted to what people think of you. Sometimes the label on your bottle doesn't read a drug, but rather it's a relationship that you know you ought not be in, but it's something that gets you a feeling in order to try to get you out of your stress. I knew it'd be quiet in here today. But when you enter his courts with thanksgiving, enter his, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, when, when you step into that and you get into the presence of God, when you prepare your heart, then, then you're able to, to let those things fade away because you see him for who he is. The thing that you thought you could never get over, you can when you get in the presence of God. The thing you thought you could never lay down, you can just place behind when you get into the presence of God. You know, the geographic locale of, of where this was written has changed. We're certainly not in, in Israel. We're certainly not there. But the circumstances and the situation seem to be very similar. The the weight, the overwhelming, God, I don't know that I can make it, seem to be very similar for us today. I mean, when we step out of our stress and our pressures and really evaluate the activity of God in our lives, I think we can kind of get on board with this text. Because I, I don't want to... I've been calling attention to the stress of your life. I've been talking about the things that may bring you, and, and, and it's easy for us to identify, and some of you are even more depressed now than when you walked in because I'm just talking about the depression that you're facing and the things that you're struggling with already. You're going, good Lord, preacher, can you give us some help? Because all you're doing is pointing to the fact that I'm stressed out. Yeah, I'm stressed out. Why don't you give me some help? I think if you would do like the people of Israel, the same way that they evaluated, as they sang this song, as they entered in, as they got there, what they 
they were doing is they were calling to mind the faithfulness of God in the past, which allowed them to experience his presence in the present. So if you would just for a moment right where you're seated, I know it's early in this service. I know that uh, uh, you're sitting there wondering what, what is happening and when will we be through. I know that you're stressed about the next class because you may or may not have prepared the way that you needed to. But if you will just for a moment stop and think about how faithful he's been to you in the past, how faithful he's been to you in the past, how faithful he's been to you in the past, I think you can get moving forward in your stress today. Because he set you free from the sins that you were in. He rescued you from a life of destruction. Ah. See, some of y'all wonder and right now are like, well, well, I was saved when I was five years old. Do you know where you would be today if it wasn't for the grace of God in your life? When I think about what I could have been what I should have been, what I would have been if he hadn't stepped in. When, when you think about how he redeemed your mistake and turned it into a ministry, the testimony that you have today because the mess that you made before, God somehow turned around. When, when, you, when you see that he took your sorrow and gave you joy, when you see he took your sinfulness and gave you his righteousness, when you see that he created beauty out of ashes, when you see that you had given up on your virginity and thought you could never be loved again and almost gave up, he turned around and said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and made you whole once again, justified, just as if you had never sinned before. Give him thanks and bless his name. Give him thanks and bless his name. See, I think this passage, I know this passage is so relevant. Not just because the situations that we're facing today, but because it's the eternal word of God that's spoken over us. Now listen. Um, we have a tendency, <laughs> we have a tendency to, to, um, to complain. Any complainer in the house today? These are my confessions. Like I, I, we have a tendency to complain. That's just, we're not naturally thankful people. After all, I've got five kids and every one of them, we would do this little ritual or practice that you have experienced before, I'm, I'm sure as well. Someone would walk up to one of our kids and they would say, oh, you are so cute. Of which I affirm and say, you got that right. They're the cutest kids in the world. I never knew that you could have five of the best. Who knew? I thought there was just one best, but there's five of the best, every one of my kids. And so they would walk up. They'd say, oh, you're so cute. Or they would hand them uh, a piece of candy or they would, whatever someone would do, someone would give them a compliment. Someone would give them an item. Someone would give them something. And we would say to our children, what do you say? Your parents ever do that to you? What do you say? And the response is, thank you. We had to teach them how to be thankful for what was provided to them. You, you've got to be thankful for what he's already given to you. 
And when you get thankful and you turn your eyes away from what you're experiencing and you see what he's already given to you, you say, thank you, God. And this is so instructive for us because right now we have a tendency to be unthankful or to forget to say thank you. Because one time you got something good, but another time you got something bad from the situations or circumstances that you're dealing with. You were handed something that you could not be, let, let me say, that you chose not to be thankful for. But God's saying, hey, why don't you look and no matter what you're getting, would you just look to me and say thank you? Because sometimes what you deem to be bad or not helpful is actually the thing that you need the most in your life. It's like vegetables. It's like broccoli. It's like, my, my wife is an amazing cook, amazing cook. But, but she, likes, she likes to roast vegetables and, and she likes those, um, what, are the, what are those little round green things? She, she likes Brussels sprouts. And can I tell you, in the presence of God and many witnesses, I hate Brussels sprouts. I hate them. I, I, I hate them. But what I know is that that Brussels sprout is good for me because it produces something in me. I don't know what it is, but it's vitamins, it's something. I don't know all the, the, the compounds and makeup of a Brussels sprout, but I know that it's better for me than the hamburger from McDonald's with extra onions that my wife hates me to eat. I, I know that it's better for me. Than, I know it's better than four for four. I know for sure. I, I know that's hard to believe in your life right now, but, but I, know, I know for sure that that Brussels sprout is better for me. And sometimes, 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 I, God, I'm working on it. I know my wife's watching right now, sometimes I forget to say thanks for the Brussels sprout. Steak, sign me up. Thank you, God, for this in my life. Brussels sprouts, eh, not real sure. But sometimes the thing in your life, I didn't even put this in my notes. I'm just riffing a little bit here. The thing in your life that you think is not good for you, the pressure Stress is actually producing something in you if you will see it from the right perspective. Because the solution to your stress is the realignment of your worship to where you can go, God, I thank you even for the Brussels sprouts. Now, I don't know about the physical Brussels sprouts, but the stuff in your life that you don't really like, you can thank him for it. You can thank him for it. Thanksgiving recognizes the intentional sacrifice of another. It's a whole lot easier to find something negative than something positive because we live in a fallen world and everywhere we turn there are fallen people. But we look and we realign our worship to him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Praise is both an action and an attitude of the heart. 
Now, the psalmist lays out for us in a very simple fashion. He, he calls us to enter in, but then he gives us the, the rationale or the reasoning. And, and I just want to move through these really quickly for us today. Look at verse number five. Look and see what it says in verse number five. Three broad categories that I hope that you will see that will allow you to, to exp when you're experiencing things, to, to see. The, the first one is, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. It's part of his nature. God can never be bad. He's always good. Now, he can be bad, not bad meaning good. I mean, not bad meaning bad, but bad. like he's bad, like Michael Jackson bad, like he's bad. But, but he can never be bad because he's good in his character. I mean, all through Genesis and the creation account, it was good. God would say it is good. You cannot separate God out of anything good in your life. God is the source of everything that is good. After all, James 1.17, for Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation. He's good. Anything you have in your life, I, I got to read this because I wrote it down, and if I don't read it, I'll get it wrong. Anything you have in your life that is good is only because of God. And if it were not for him, then there would not be anything good, but our lives would be wrecked by the fall and the results of our sinful choices. But instead, we have a good God who takes even our bad and turns it around for his good and our good, because by his very essence, he is good because he is God. Is it good? Like, like anything you have in your life that is good is only because of God. And if it were not for him, then there would not be anything good, but our lives would be wrecked by the fall and the results of our sinful choices. But instead, we have a good God who takes even our bad and turns it around for his good and our good because by his very essence, he is good because he is God. He is good. He is good. God's not frowning down upon you. He's not sitting in heaven devising ways to cause you harm. No, he is good. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. That's who he is. Like he's good. So when you are stressed, you can just call to mind that he is good. And you can realign your worship. God is so Good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good. Even when I don't feel it, even when I can't see it, even when I can't explain it. He's so good to me. He, he's good. The, the, the psalmist is calling our attention. Enter in. Get this perspective. Lift your eyes to him because he is good. He is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Psalm 107. How great is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you. Psalm 31. But, but not only is he good, look at as we move through his loving kindness or his mercy is everlasting or endures forever. His loving kindness, his mercy is everlasting. I, I know that you've heard this stated before, but I need to point it out again because I'm telling you this will significantly reduce your stress load. Here's a formula for you. The mercy of God. Mercy is when God does not give us what we deserve.
We're some sinful people sitting in this room today. But God does not deal with us in the way that we deserve, but rather in his mercy, his loving kindness. And it endures forever. (laughs) It's not just today. Hey, when you make a mistake and you mess up, And you need some mercy. It's not just for that moment. It's for the one that you've not yet entered into. It's everlasting. Everlasting, everlasting, everlasting. A mother sought the pardon of her son from Napoleon. And the emperor said it was his second offense. And justice demanded his death. I don't ask for justice, demanded his mother. I plead for mercy. But, said the emperor, he does not deserve mercy. Sir, cried the mother, it would not be mercy if he deserved it, and mercy is all I ask for. Well then, said the emperor, I will have mercy. And her son was saved. God, we don't... God, we need mercy. Because in the middle of our stress... We've turned to things that will not get us where we need to be. Today, we come back to you, God, and we ask for mercy. Mercy. His mercy is everlasting. I'm talking this morning about a realignment of your worship that will get you through what you're facing. Mercy on top of mercy on top of mercy on top of mercy. It just keeps coming to you. In the middle of distress, in the middle of the circumstance, it keeps on coming. His mercy, his loving kindness is everlasting. It's forever. But look at the last part. And his faithfulness, his faithfulness to all generations. To all generations. This was written a long time ago. But it's for all generations. It was written to a people that were going through a struggle that that they that were going through some form or potential were leading into some persecution. But his faithfulness was active then. His faithfulness was present then. His faithfulness was there with them. But it wasn't just with them. It was for all generations. It's for you and for me today. It's for the generation in which we currently live. It's for the generations that are coming behind us. It's for all generations. His faithfulness will never run out. His faithfulness will never stop. Just like the mercy he provides, so is his faithfulness to you. His faithfulness is 100% reliable. It is simply stated, while the years pile up, not a single promise of God's word will fail. What he has promised will be as good in 10,000 years as it was the instant 
He promised it. When He tells you He loves you, you can count on it. When He tells you He'll save you if you come to Him, you can count on it because He's faithful. When He tells you that He'll take care of you, you can count on it. When He tells you that He is coming back again, God, let it be soon. Lord Jesus, come quickly. You can count on it because He's faithful. When He tells you that He'll keep you saved, you can count on it. When, when he tells you that he will always at all times be with you, you can count on it because he is faithful. When, when he tells you that he is faithful to give you victory over temptation, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you can count on it because he's faithful. When he tells you that he is faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, he is faithful you can count on it. Because we've all got some pressure coming in our lives right now. We've all got some stress. That's a bunch of S's on the end of it, in case you didn't catch that. Like, we've all got these things. Like, it's, it's just, it, it's, you can stand flat-footed in worship. You can enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. And you can realign your worship. And walk out today, log out today with a perspective. Because the solution to your stress is the realignment of your worship. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Hey, don't sit outside anymore. Enter. Don't, don't sit outside. How crazy would it be that you've got an invitation to come in and you sit outside? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. March on in with your head held high. Give thanks to him. Give thanks to him for the simple things. Thank you, Lord, for the simple blessings I, I take for granted. My health, my bed. My car, my friends, my school, my family, electricity. But most importantly, my faith. That you saved me, God. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. You know, you don't have to bless him, but you get to bless him. The, be the blessed being able to bless the blesser. Are you kidding me? Bless his name. For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Would you bow your heads right where you are? Today, maybe you are in this room and you are stressed out beyond measure. You hear the church talking about blessings that would be pressed down, shaken together and running over, and you, you're looking at distressing that's pressed down, shaken together and running over in your life. Maybe today you can flip that around and you can see that the solution to all of that, not that the stuff goes away, but the solution to, it's the perspective, the solution to your stress is the realignment of your worship. For the Lord is good. 
for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. Maybe today you're here and you've never trusted Christ to be your savior. And you're all stressed out looking for answers, but, but you can't find it because you've never truly locked into what it means to worship him. Would you just in this moment right now where you are, whether you're watching this later on and whether you're in this room right now, would, would you just, if you're far from God and you're completely stressed out, never trusted Jesus Christ to save you, would you just do that right now? Would you just cry out to him? Would you just say, dear, dear Jesus, Save me. Again, there's, there's no magic words. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer right now. I'm, I'm going to let you talk to God right where you are. Dear Jesus, just save me. Cry out to him the way that the people, when he was passing by, just like right now, he's passing through your life. He's coming into your life. Just like then, w would you just cry out the same way that the people did? God, Save me. You may not know what any of this is all about. You, you may have stepped into North Greenville with an expectation that you were going to get a great education, but you've missed out on learning and understanding. No, no, I need, I need something more than that. I need to be saved. Would you just cry out to him? God, save me. Maybe today you, you've been born again a long time or you've been saved for an extended period of time or, but you've run after some stuff and you're stressed out and because you're stressed out, the emotions or the mental things and you're, and you're, you're just, man, it's pushed you in a direction to where, man, you're doing stuff, you're saying stuff, you're, you're, you're buying into the lies that, that you can get out of your stress with these other things and today you need to just come back. Today, you need to walk back and you need to enter into his gates and enter into his courts in the presence of God. And you just need to recognize and say, God, you are good. Your mercy. God, I need your mercy. God, I believe that your faithfulness extends even to me. Would you just do that right now? As we close today, there'll be a number on the screen just like we always do. Just like we always put up for you because we care for you and we want to walk this journey with you. There'll be a number on the screen as you exit today, as you get ready to, to log out, there'll be a number, 864-800-6500. If you prayed and just said, God, save me, would you just text that number and say, God save me so we can reach out to you. If, you. if you prayed today and said, man, I need to come back to God, 800-6500, area code 864, would you just text that number and say, 
coming back to God. Whatever, whatever you put, whatever you text, we'll reach out to you and walk with you through it. Lord Jesus, thank you for the people of North Greenville University. Thank you for every person seated here in this room, every person that will watch online, every person that will tune in at whatever time and whatever place in the future. God, I'm grateful. And Lord, help us as we continue to, to, to journey, as we continue to move forward. God, help us. Because we got some stress in our life. And Lord, on this historic occasion today, just like every four years on this historic occasion where we inaugurate a new president, Lord, would, would you help us to be the people you call us to be? Would you help us to, Lord, even as you commanded that we would pray for our leaders and those in authority over us? And we do that even now, God. Not in a political position, not in a political statement, but just simply in a command and in submission to you. God, would you, would you do a work in us that allows us to be part of a culture in which we live that seems to be in turmoil? Lord, we pray for President Biden and Vice President Harris. We lift them up to you today on their first day as they step into something new. God, would, would you call them to enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise? Would you help them to give thanks to you? Would, Lord, would we see them bless your name? God, would they recognize, and we pray that they would, that they would recognize that you are good, that your loving kindness is everlasting and your faithfulness is to all generations. We lift them up to you, Lord. And Lord, ultimately, again, we look to you. Help us, help us, God, to realign, to realign our worship, to realign our worship to you and to you alone. In the good name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You are a blessed.